Welcome back or welcome to the Waterski Podcast. This is Matteo Luzzeri and the goal of this podcast is to promote the sport of water skiing as some of you returning listeners may know well. Um, what I decided to do this week, which by the way, apologies for last week absence of the Waterski Podcast in your feeds. Um, what I decided to do this week is to initiate a series of episodes that I've been wanting to do for a while um, that I sort of dubbed under the name of uh, Swerve Psychology. So basically bringing some of my expertise in sports psychology into the world of water skiing. Uh, so these are going to be, as of now, uh, solo episodes uh, covering some sports psychology topic and see how that can be applicable to water skiing. The topic I decided to touch on today is... Uh, athlete burnout and I named the episode skier burnout because I'll try to give some applied recommendations that are applicable really to water skiers but um, in order to do that I need to give you guys a little bit of background on what burnout is. Now uh, we hear that word more and more often in general language, uh, particularly in, in the workplace and in athletics, but there, are, there is a definition of burnout and a description of burnout that um, we should all be familiar with. Now, this is not to say that um, when someone more or less casually says they are burnt out, that doesn't indicate a, a problem behind, but that might not necessarily be true burnout. And we need to learn how to differentiate the two in order to um, somewhat treat it if it's present. And especially what I hope we'll be able uh, to convey today is trying to prevent athlete burnout. So a little bit of background on what burnout is. Um, burnout is a prolonged syndrome that uh, is definitely unpleasant and it's related oftentimes to symptoms that are somewhat associated with depression although burnout is definitely not depression um, but there are some similarities but essentially one of the best definitions that was given uh, of burnout is a state of fatigue or frustration brought about by devotion to a cause way of life or relationship that failed to produce the expected reward. Now, the early research in this particular state of fatigue or frustration really happened in the uh, medical field, uh, particularly with um, various healthcare professions, nursing, doctors. Um, so a profession that really has uh, long hours and for all of you guys that are doing med school or, or rotations you probably know what I'm talking about um, and with a um, with a degree of negative occurrences that is certainly higher than what uh, anyone would want uh, 
um, one can think of today's situations with COVID, right? Um, like hospitals are overfilled, healthcare professionals are trying to help, are doing more hours than they probably thought they could handle. And oftentimes there's um, just the sheer reality of not being able to help everyone that, that you want to help and that you try to help. Um, so it's, it, is a, it, it is a state of, of fatigue and frustration that is really present in, in a lot of professions. And truly to understand burnout, you need to look at the specific population that you are um, that you're deciding to look at. So for instance, the healthcare profession has uh, a different type of burnout compared to say um, construction workers or people in finance or athletes. Uh, coaches. Um, but what it appears is that um, when it comes to a profession, the three basically chara characteristic symptoms of burnout are a depersonalization, so basically starting to feel detached from the craft, emotional exhaustion, and I think that was uh, fairly clear when we when we touched on on the healthcare profession and a reduced or an inadequate sense of accomplishment and here the the verbiage is important because it's a sense of accomplishment and as we will see that will come back a lot when we talk about athlete burnout and the other key concept about burnout is that for us to be able to talk about burnout these three aspects, so again, depersonalization, emotional exhaustion, and an inadequate sense of accomplishment, need to coexist all three at a fairly high level. Meaning that if one of the three is not there, then it becomes difficult to talk about burnout. Um, and as we will see, the coexistence of all three is rare, it's not very widespread, particularly in the athlete population, but it's certainly a reason for concern and probably, you know, the reason why I did uh, this whole podcast. Now one can ask or could ask, why are you doing an episode on burnout uh, where a lot of people are not even skiing, right? You're not in season. Well, there are people down under that are skiing, obviously, so I hope uh, they'll, uh, they'll find this relatable in, in the immediate uh, moment. But my hope is also that through this, we can try to learn more about burnout so that we can prevent it, right? So in that sense, it doesn't really matter where you are on your skiing uh, season as you listen to this. So back to athlete burnout, uh, researchers in sports psychology around the 90s realized that the definition of burnout that came from uh, Maslach work so essentially looking at healthcare professionals, looking at depersonalization, emo emotional exhaustion, and that inadequate sense of accomplishment wasn't precisely touching on what um, athletes were reporting uh, burnout to be, essentially. And so the, the definition and the symptomatological description of burnout, of athlete burnout, that a reason, was a syndrome characterized by sport devaluation, emotional and physical exhaustion, and a reduced sense of accomplishment, right? Now, 
here it's interesting to see the differences. So obviously the first one that jumps to the eye is the fact that there was a physical exhaustion component added. And that makes uh, a good deal of sense considering that athletics almost always, I would say, are involve a physical component that can be, you know, uh, exhausting, can be draining. Uh, the strain that is involved with with uh, with any athletic activity and and of course water skiing as well uh, can take a toll over time. Of course, that emotional exhaustion, uh, a reduced sense of accomplishment. Now here, reduced as opposed to inadequate because. Uh, Sport, by its nature, allows different degrees of performance. And then, of course, sport devaluation. So here it becomes more of a, not, not necessarily a detachment from the sport, more so a, uh, a lacking of seeing the, the role of the sport in one's experience, right? So starting to, to pay little value to the sport. Um, now, one of the things I want to be clear is that burnout doesn't necessarily lend or result in dropout from the sport um, or to, the, to a symptomatology that is akin to depression. That doesn't have to be the case, but it can. So obviously that's even more a, a motivation to try and reduce burnout in, in, in our skiers. Now, what does bring a what brings about athlete burnout? There are various theories, but I'm going to cover two today because I think they lend themselves to good recommendations and good things that um, the skiers listening, the coaching, the coaches listening can really apply uh, in their day to day. So the first theory of burnout or model of burnout is a stress model. And so the idea here is that athlete burnout comes as a consequence of prolonged stress. So the best way to understand it is, as you all know, sports and skiing as well have uh, a lot of demands that are integral part to the sport, right? So think of a competitive water skier. There's things like traveling, cost, training, weather conditions. All these things are are part of the demands of being a competitive water skier. Now, the second aspect to realize is that how one interprets these demands can elicit some stress. So things like feeling overwhelmed uh, or even feeling threatened, say um, that fear response that might occur when you show up on the dock the first few times for a tournament, right? So according to how you interpret those demands that that scheme brings, if, he, if they're interpreted negatively, they can elicit stress. Now, interpreting the demands in, in, in such a way can also lend to a physiological response and an emotional, an emotional response, right? It could be uh, a negative response, say like uh, anger, frustration. And these emotions and these physiological uh, changes, say heightened um, heart rate, more frequent respiratory response, these can result in some maladaptive coping behaviors or say inappropriate behaviors, um, a decrease in performance and possibly dropout. So the idea about this model is that you cycle through these, right? So you have demands, 
you might interpret them as threatening or uh, overwhelming your emotional and physiological response is bad which lends to maladaptive behaviors which make more likely for you to interpret those things as overwhelmed and um, over overwhelming and frustrating so the idea is if this cycle continues that's what brings about burnout and there's solid research um, showing that this model is a is an appropriate way to understand how burnout comes about in athletes now a second model that explains um, what might bring burnout about is what we call in sports psychology a committed commitment perspective so this is more of a motivational understanding of burnout and you know the question when you always talk about motivation one of the questions that might arise is why do people partake in sports or why why do skiers water ski and in the early 90s schmidt and stein really identified two or three big motivations why people partake in sports so it could be enjoyment it could be reasons beyond enjoyment so for whatever other reason and it what happens more often than not it's a combination of enjoyment and these other reasons now if the interplay between these reasons right is seen as something that is forced on the athlete um, then the athlete will most likely feel entrapped in the sport almost like they can't get out of it right um, any more modern terminology this is what we sometimes refer to as a constrained commitment so doing the sport or skiing uh, because they have to rather than because they want to now if the interplay between enjoyment and those other uh, factors there are other motivate motivators is more in the favor of enjoyment then athletes will feel attracted to the sport as opposed to entrapped within the sport and this is really what we now call enthusiastic commitment or uh, doing the sport because you want to rather than because you have to now for the vast majority of skiers listening to this um, you might think well sometimes i feel more like i want to ski and sometimes i feel more like i have to ski and that's completely normal right so uh, there are obligations that come with with being an athlete that are are sometimes felt like it's something that you have to do but then there's also things and even just skiing that um, you often perceive like you want to do it now the two coexist right you have both types of commitment uh, with you but when the have to commitment so the constraint commitment is prevalent for a prolonged period of time then you might feel entrapped and you are more likely uh, to to experience burnout now um, this this goes for youth skiers for junior skiers as well as it goes for you know professional skiers um, there are things that you feel like they, that they are constraints on you and some some things that you are attracted to the sport and make you want to do the sport now the question becomes what can we do about this right and i hope that through the two perspective i'll be able to give you guys some uh, sensical and applied recommendations
Now, one of the things that I want to preface before we get into these recommendations is that, sadly, uh, research looking at treatment of burnout, so now we have an athlete who we have assessed as burnout, what do we do with this athlete? Um, sadly, there's not enough research about this. And one of the big reasons is that not a lot of athletes burn out. Um, research saying the NCAA sports showed that the rates of burnout are in between 1% to 10% of the, of the NCAA uh, student-athlete population. So it's, not, it's still a sizable sample, but it's not as sizable to lend to you know, randomized control trials and really the type of research that will lend into some solid applied recommendations. What we do know a little bit better, which in my opinion is is a positive, is what can we do to prevent burnout, right? And now keep in mind that this, for, for us to be speaking about skier burnout or athlete burnout, we have to have all those three things at a fairly high level. So you are, you have a skier who is emotionally and physically exhausted, a skier who has a reduced sense of accomplishment, and a skier who really devalues water skiing right? All these three tend to, would have to coexist for us to be able to speak about burnout. And um, this doesn't happen super often. Two of the three often happen. So say someone who's um, overtrained, right? Um, skis a little bit more than what they should. There's a chance in which they might be physically drained. And because of that, not ski up to their potential, which might lend them to feel, you know, frustrated, angry, and, and other emotional experiences that are certainly not pleasant. But if they still value skiing, if they're still uh, wanting to get involved and, and their mind is still into skiing, well, then we, can, we can't really speak of burnout. Um, certainly for as unpleasant as that skier might feel at the moment, we, we can't really speak of burnout. Now, because we can't really talk about treatment and generally the recommendation of someone for someone who is in burnout is really to take time off. Uh, that goes uh, for sports, for profession, uh, for, for job environments. Here are some of the things that we can do uh, to prevent burnout. Now, this advice goes more out to skiers who are listening, is to really think about the stress perspective, right? Um, so you have demands that lead into potential um, appraisal of those demands as, as, as threatening or, or overwhelming, which then leads to potential physiological and negative emotions, negative physiological and emotional states, which then lead to maladaptive and, and, and inadequate behaviors. So one of the things that can really help with this is good old periodization, right? So it's something that unfortunately we don't see, in my opinion, uh, enough in water skiing, um, really periodizing your training and especially periodizing your rest days. So the days in which you know, according to your plan, that you're not going to ski, right? Um, now, I know that there are all sorts of challenges. There are places where seasons are short. There are places where there's a lot of wind. So you sort of play it according to what the wind does on your lake. But 
whenever is feasible, the best would be to try to plan your training and plan your rest days, your days off, so that you basically are already working ahead towards avoiding too much strain, which then can lead to, you know, poorer performances. The second recommendation that I uh, would give to skiers who are, you know, wanting to actively prevent burnout is to learn and practice some stress management techniques. Now, luckily, in the last few years, we are all more aware of some of the things that we can do to reduce our stress. So appropriate sleeping patterns, certain types of breathing exercises, maybe starting a meditation practice, um, also using other mental skills like imagery, and to a certain degree, goal setting, which really fits well with the, with the periodization and planning that we spoke before, using these stress, ma stress management techniques to where even if we are sometimes overwhelmed by the demands of water skiing, at least we have a go-to that will not spike our physiology and spike our negative emotions to the point that we would have... Um, maladaptive coping behaviors. And then, to me, as I researched work, uh, burnout and, and happened to be working with athletes in professional settings, to me, the key component of burnout in athletes is that sport devaluation component, right? So you might be performing less than what you expect and that's the real idea of reduced sense of accomplishment. Not necessarily how you place on rankings or at competitions, but are you performing up to your expectations? That's the sense of accomplishment that burnout uh, is characterized by. So you could have that, but you still care about the sport. You still value, value it as an integral part of your life. You still see yourself as a skier. Um, then really burnout can stay at bay. It's when that aspect of skiing, your involvement, your passion, your, your seeing yourself as a skier sort of wanders and you have those other two components, that's when you are at risk of burnout. So one simple exercise uh, that one can do, you know, every now and then, it doesn't have to be obsessive or, or extremely frequent, but every now and then sort of like trying to get in touch again with what the sport is to you, what role water skiing has in your life, in your future plans. Um, maybe you are a high school kid who is trying to get a college, so skiing has a big role. Um, really getting back in touch with why you're doing the sport and what the sport is to you. So these are some recommendations for skiers, really based on the stress explanation of burnout uh, that hopefully can help prevent uh, this syndrome. Now what follows are a few uh, recommendations for, let's say, more coaches, parents, people that are involved uh, in helping skiers um, succeed. So here, remember, from a commitment perspective, you have to, that balance of like attraction and entrapment, or wanting to do the sport, and not necessarily versus, and having to do the sport, feeling that you're sort of uh, constrained in that role. So, 
Of course, the recommendation here is to help playing around with that balance. And I think um, for parents specifically, but also for coaches of young skiers, it's really important to balance the enjoyment with things that need to happen for the skier to improve, right? So say you have a young junior overall skier under you, you probably know that those three to five loosely sets per day will have to happen to cover all the all the the events but at the same time it, there can also be some time for fun within those training sessions right so a silly example would be um, it's two weeks before a tournament you have to train that trick run but nothing impedes you from making your skier try a new trick something fun um, that they enjoy doing now the other thing uh, is that it doesn't necessarily have to be within the set it could be also outside you know making sure that the the skier wants to be in that environment to the point that they they feel more attracted to coming back to the lake to to doing that second slalom set etc as opposed to feeling it more as an obligation um the other the other recommendation and i think here you know self-determination theory has been widespread enough uh, to understand this this verbiage but basically to increase that intrinsic motivation in skiers meaning skiing itself reinforces the behavior of showing up to the lake and wanting to ski now how can you do this you can play and and leverage on the three basic needs that are more likely to bring intrinsic motivation so autonomy competence and relatedness now autonomy and this is tough sometimes for coaches and parents to give autonomy to their kids in terms of skiing but one of the things that you can have them decide is you know uh you have slalom trick and jump say the overall skier how many of each do you want to do today or if that's perceived as too much autonomy uh when do you want to slalom today as opposed to when do you want to trick so giving a little bit of control to the young skier will help them will make it more likely for them to wanting to come back to the lake and wanting to ski more. Now, the other aspect is competence. And competence really comes from from knowledge. And I think in general, in water skiing, we're very good at that. Um, There's always a willingness to understand more how your equipment works, how certain technical movements work, even at a young age. So fostering that aspect certainly can help the skier wanting to ski more as opposed to feeling that they have to do that extra set. And then finally, in terms of relatedness, any opportunity for, you know, socialization within the lake, you know, like, of course, making sure that whenever possible, your young skiers can be skiing with other young skiers. Um, and seeking those opportunities has, has a huge, huge impact on making sure that your skier wants to ski as opposed to feeling that they have to ski, right? Um, so I know I kept this advice um, for coaches and parents more about younger skiers, but that's honestly the population that is also fairly more subjected to burnout 
not to say that high-level athletes are not, but this is where we have the potential of experiencing burnout to the point that we will lose some skiers. So I felt in this aspect, I wanted to keep it more related to, to young water skiers. But uh, yeah, my, my final advice really is to, in a sense, be reassured that burnout is not as frequent as the amount of times we talk about it, which is a good thing. And again, this is not to downplay the emotions and the, and the challenges that one uh, may experience when they say, ah, I'm burnt out, you know, that might not be burnout necessarily. However, when the burnout does happen, it's a very unpleasant experience. It generally would have to result in taking some time off the sport, not necessarily dropping off out of the sport, but taking a bit of distance to, to lower down the symptoms of reduced sense of accomplishment, emotional and physical exhaustion, and sport devaluation. Um, and so my hope is that even just a little bit more knowledge about, about what athlete burnout really is can help you proactively prevent it so that you don't get in a situation where you um, obviously uh, feel unpleasant and, and have to take a little bit of time away from the sport just to regain motivation, to regain um, physical strain and to regain um, emotional fortitude. So I hope you found this helpful. I know it's a little bit of a different episode from, from usual. Uh, and really, to tell you the truth, that's why I took that break last week. I just wanted to really make sure this is something I want to start. Um, I encourage you to let me know what you thought about this episode via email, mateo at thewaterskipodcast.com or on Instagram. However you you want to communicate with me, just let me know how what you thought about this because if you found it helpful, then I'll, uh, I'll try my hardest to continue and provide this type of content. Until then, I hope you enjoy a good week and uh, I'll catch you next week with an interview.